Rain or shine, it's here to make you laugh. It's the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. It's the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. And now your host, Kyle Ruff. Let's go. Welcome to the Steamboat Comedy Podcast, everybody. This is your host yet again, Kyle Ruff. And I am joined by the man you just heard with his beautiful vocals introducing the podcast. My friend, the musician, coming to us from Telluride, Colorado, Mr. Cousin Curtis. Say hello, sir. Oh, hello, everyone. Excellent, man. Thanks for coming on. It was good to uh, good to talk to you. It was good to touch base and get that song going, man. I love it. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Sorry, it took me quite a while to get it to you. Yeah, it's um, all right. You're a busy guy. I mean, you're uh, you've been doing quite well lately with the old uh, music career, right? Yeah, trying to keep things going on and going strong, um, despite the uh, current affairs, which we don't have to bring up unless we really want to. But I feel like we're uh, we all know where we're at. Yeah, we all know about the murder hornet, so we can just move on. Curtis is not just a fellow entertainer in Colorado. He's actually an old buddy of mine from way back in the day at Northern way Michigan back. University. Uh, <laughs> we were fellow moose men, as it was called. We were uh, rugby players together back in the day. Yes, uh, indeed. You uh, you play much rugby anymore? Uh, sadly, I am not. That's probably for the better. I... Uh, after we graduated, I played for a season in Cincinnati, which was okay. It was fun. Uh, and then I took like three or four years off, and I knew rugby's actually big in Steamboat and a lot of these ski towns. They have like their own little league. But what I didn't account for is that they're all really fucking good. <laughs> and, and that I'm old and uh, feeling it. Even even though like you know thirty one isn't super old, but you know you don't know it is yeah. until you know it is. But God, I actually I went out to uh, one practice with these guys, and uh, I thought we were just gonna play some like touch, like two hand touch. Uh, for those who don't know, and God damn it, we're we're like twenty minutes in. They got this Australian coach right, and he's like just wisecracking all over the place. This guy had a shitty pass. And he's like, well, that was a fucking abortion, wasn't it? And I was cracking up. Oh, God. It was so funny. But we're, we're 10 minutes in, and, like, two people drop passes on, like, a passing line. And he's like, that's it. Everybody get on the line. And so we went to the back, and we ran full field gassers. And oh I was God. just like, what? I, why am I doing this? Like I'm 30 years old. I don't have to do this. <laughs> yeah. And then they, and then they were just going like full contact in these tackling drills. And at one point there's this kid and he was probably really young. He was probably only like 19, 20 years old, but he was probably about six, four and about 300 plus pounds. And of course <laughs> we're, we're lined up next to each other. And, uh, I've got, he's got a bag or I got a bag. One of the two are like holding it for like hitting drills and he like, I swear to God, he looks at me, looks over at the coach, raises his hand. He's like, is this like full contact? And the coach is like, yeah, full contact. And then he just looks back at me and like grins. And I was like, you motherfucker, you're just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> and of course he just lit me up. And I, I had to go right from that 
to host an open mic. I was actually late to my own open mic uh, from this rugby practice, and I could barely lift my arms to hold a microphone. And that's when I was oh. like, you know what? I think I'm just going to retire from rugby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's not yeah. a bad thing to not play for sure. No, that's the tricky part, too. It's like not even the – it's not the not being in perfect shape like you were in your elite athlete days. Mm-hmm. It's walking away from taking a hit for X amount of months or years or whatever, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, I know what pain is. And then you get hit, and you're like, I totally forgot. I'm so screwed. Right. <laughs> oh, God, it's brutal. And it, it's not even – it's kind of like drinking now yeah. where like in the moment you're like, oh, I still got this. But it's the recovery period where right. you're like, oh, I'm not 22 years old anymore. This is going to yeah. take a while. you know. Yeah, my tolerance is low. <laughs> my tolerance for <laughs> getting bashed by giant men in the shoulders and knees is not what it once was. Oh, my God. Yeah, do you remember that one time that oh, so we, had, we had a rugby match in college, and I had a show that night, and I got a black eye during the match. And then went and played the show, and people were like, are you okay? Like, are you on a dark path? <laughs> we need to talk to you. Like, is this time for an intervention? And I was like, no, I just got punched in the face. <laughs> it's totally cool. Like, yeah, this is normal. Like, what do you mean? I was like, this is this is fine. I appreciate your concern, but this is like a daily thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, my God. I wish I would have been at that show. What was that? What match was that? Do you remember? Uh, I don't remember the match, but I remember I was playing at the Ramada at Harley's Lounge. Oh, the so Ramada. It was, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, that, that night. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> so many, like for, very, very fortunate enough to not break any bones. Um, but definitely dislocated both shoulders several times. Oh yeah. Yo, mine yeah. are so sloppy now. I had surgery on the left one and it still hurts all the time, but my right one, it, I mean, we were playing volleyball the other day. It just popped out, and I was like, ow, and I just, you know, there's nothing I can yeah. do about it. I'm not going to have another shoulder surgery, so I just deal with it. Right. Yeah, it's like if I lean the wrong way and then sneeze, there's a chance my <laughs> right shoulder pops out. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know. Well, okay, so it's like after playing rugby and then, like, snowboarding and skiing on a crazy-ass mountain here in Telluride, it's like you take a digger the wrong way, and you just right into the mountain. Right. And so it happened like I went for a ride all day long, hard, 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 hitting the whole mountain. It's probably like four or five hours of, of really, really hard, steep riding. And on the very last run, hit an ice patch. I shouldn't have been there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Popped my shoulder out and oh. had to ski right to the spot that I was about to play and pretend that it was totally cool. And every time that I tried to strum the guitar, my shoulder would be like, you're an idiot. And be like on the brink of falling out. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, that sounds like the worst. Yeah, like nothing like just yanking your right arm up and down for an hour after dislocating yeah. it, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, I want to take a quick break from the conversation here with Cousin Curtis to play you a little bit of his music. So I'm going to play you a couple songs off of his new EP called This Little Change which you can get on Spotify, Apple Music, or on his website, CousinCurtis.com. Don't forget that's two S's and Curtis. Here's the first song called Porcelain Heart. Check it out. Keep me awake, I don't know how much of this I can take Long's along and it leaves a mark on my skipping stone With a porcelain heart 
loves me better than your gal will. She loves my rock, but she don't like my roll, cause what she don't see takes its toll. talk to you all day about rugby and things like that which we can catch up after the pod's over but while i got you on the line for the potential listeners yeah man i wanted to uh, uh pick your brain on uh because we you like us are a entertainer based in colorado so i just want to see what the scene is like where you're from first of all kind of explain like 
where you're from, you're from uh, Telluride is where you perform, right? But you live outside of there. Yeah, just down Valley, so to speak. So I live in Placerville, and Placerville is just, uh, I want to say, like, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes from Telluride proper. Um, so okay. I'm in the vicinity. I'm in this area in the county, of course. Um, yeah. Nice. I've never been to Telluride, but I've heard it's uh, fantastic. It's really exceptional. I think the main the main luster and attraction, of course, is the mountains. But every town, like not every town, of course, but most ski towns obviously have their mountains in Colorado and around the country. But the neat part here in Telluride is there's there's really one way in and one way out. So once you get to Telluride, you are at a box canyon ending. And wow. it's, I don't know, it's the ultimate destination, right? So you get here and you're here and the only way out is the way you came. You can't drive through it. And I think that that really hooks people and makes them feel extremely humbled and honored to have made it. It's a destination. It's not super easy to get to, like something off of I-70. Yeah, no one's um, passing through, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I think people really come here because they feel that, I don't know, that 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 supply and demand of people really want to get here, but it's not easy to get here. So once you are, you're like, how do I live here? <laughs> you're like, I just want to stay because I can't keep going. So yeah. can I buy a house? Yeah. 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 A good friend of mine uh, in the area, he gets asked all the time. He's a bartender. And people ask him, they're like, hey, how did you how did you end up here? And he goes, well, my horse died. <laughs> it's just like, nice. That's how he you know, justifies it. But the first time that I came through Tyride, I was riding a chairlift up. It was closing day. So all hell is breaking loose, right? Mm-hmm. There's a pond scheme about to happen. Nobody's wearing any clothes. Right. It's just – out, outright bedlam and uh i asked somebody on the chairlift i said hey you know how long have you lived here etc cetera, etc cetera. how did you figure it out how to live here because housing is tight it's expensive whatever yeah and they were like listen i've been drinking since last night so forgive me if i say something offensive or anything crazy because i don't know what's coming out of my mouth but if you want to live here and you feel like you belong you fucking make it happen Nice. And I was like, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. I can do that. I can make things happen. I can make this work. And it took a few years, but man, this is this has been home for a little while now, and uh, it feels pretty cool. Hell yeah, man! How many years have you been out there now? Um. So let's see, four years, and the first two were like part time. Okay. So. My girlfriend and the dogs, they were still living life full-time in the Denver area, the greater Denver area, like East Colfax. We lived there for a couple of years, and then Lowry after that. And uh, the wintertime, I was coming out here and doing my thing, playing music on the mountain as much as I possibly could. And then it got to a point where it's like, hey, I don't really want to do the long-distance relationship thing anymore. Um, We've been together forever. We've already done that. We're coming up on nine years um, in a relationship. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, so it was like either I say no to Telluride or we find a way to move our life to the southwest corner of Colorado. And so then the job hunt began. And uh, finally, you know, a job got lined up for her within the school district. I was able to be uh, more of a pivotal role in the music um, talent buying aspect for Telluride Ski Resort. Um, And so things just like, again, it's that crazy advice on the chairlift one time of if you want to make it happen, you figure it out. And, you know, we figured it out. So we've been permanent residents here for the last two years. Nice, man. That's great. Yeah. yeah it sounds like you got a good thing going down there. I, uh, yeah. I've uh never been to Telluride, but I'm dying to get down. Uh, I had a good friend of mine 
did a brief sit there. He's a chef, and he's one of the guys who actually first brought me to Steamboat. I met him in Montana, and uh, he took a big job, some fancy pants job down there for, uh, I think he was only there for a winter. Maybe maybe a full year or close to it. And he loved it. Things didn't work out with the place he was working at, but he was like, dude, you got to go to Telluride. There's nothing like it. I was like, dude. Yeah. It's a pretty special place, and I think the cool part, and, and much like Steamboat, too, is once you're here, you're surrounded by people who are here for the right reasons. Like, yeah. nobody just ends up in a spot like this. Like, you actively seek it out, and because of that, you're surrounded by people who want to do the same things. You want to uh, chase the same dream, explore the same whatever. And then you get to a point where you're like, all right, this is for me, or this was great for a little while, and now I need something more sustainable because, dude, it hooks you. My first couple of winters here, it's like everybody that comes here in the wintertime and even summertime, they're all on vacation, right? So by osmosis, you just – enter in to that vacation mentality and it can wreck you and you gotta be real careful oh, about yeah. controlling you know who you are who you become where is your money going what are you doing like how late were you up last night how late were you up every single night this last week like is there a pattern that's developing here <laughs> oh yeah it's easy to go with the herd mentality of everyone skis and then opera ski you're like, oh, well, I'm at this place. Everyone's drinking, but it's like, oh, it's a Tuesday. You know, oh, like, yeah. do I need to do this today? Like, like every single day. And I mean, especially oh, like my, my, my job, I ski to work. And so I yeah. ski down at the the end of the day and be like, oh, it's like, oh, I'll pray ski beer. And it's like, cool. And then next thing you know, I'm four beers deep and it's like 525. And I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> the rest of my day yeah. is shot and I just spent 40 bucks. Yeah, no joke. It's... Like, especially in like being a musician, yeah. it's like my job is to make sure that I facilitate the party atmosphere. Oh, yeah. And then afterwards, everybody wants to know, where are you going? How do we get you drunk? How do we get you high? How do we get you this? Can I buy like, you a drink, man? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Open <laughs> tab seven nights a week. And that, oh, you got to check yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's um uh, a couple of the places we do open mic here in town will give me. For like for hosting and setting it all up, I basically have kind of like a blank tab at the yeah. bar, uh, and that can be tricky, <laughs> especially because I'm a big fan. We've got our our, uh, our Michigan local Two Hearteds out here now, which is the oh, best. God. That was a glorious day. Just the best. When they crossed the Colorado border, dude, yeah. it was like hot off the shelf. Give it to me. I want it. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's always too hard in my fridge. There's too hard in my fridge right now. It's the oh best. my god. Okay, can I tell you a funny story? Yeah. Okay, so this is about two hearted beer. I went to the brewery here, Tell Red Brewing Company. Fantastic beer, fantastic people. Uh-huh. And I went in there, and uh, one of the sales reps there was like, "Hey, you're from the Midwest, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, Michigan." They're like, "Okay, we're from Wisconsin. I gotta tell you something real quick. An accidental shipment." of two-hearted beer has landed in Telluride. <laughs> and I just, I, I pulled him in the side. I was like, all right, talk slowly, whisper, explain to me what's going on. And he's like, you got to go to, you got to go to this liquor store, ask for this person, tell them I sent you, and then you are cleared for two-hearted beer. <laughs> it's like speaking these days. 
Yeah. And I, I was like, oh my God, okay, I'm going to leave right now. Don't close my cab. I'm coming back. I'm just going right now. So I go to the liquor store. I ask for this person. I say, hey, this person sent me. I was like, I would love to buy a six pack of two hearted beer. And the guy was like, yeah, no problem. That's awesome. I'll be right back. So he walks into the back room. He comes out with one bottle. <laughs> was he like $300? I was like, hey, not to be a greedy badger, but is there any chance I could get a six-pack of Two-Hearted? And he was like, do you want the bottle? And I was like, oh, my God, is this a thing where, like, you're negotiating with your parents for a curfew? And they're like, be home at 10. And you're like, what about 1030? They're like, 930. It's okay, cool. I'll take 10. I'll take 10. All <laughs> right. Yeah. And I was like, thank you very much. How much do I owe you? And he goes, no, it's free. I'm just not giving out a six pack to one person. I've made other promises. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Thank you so much. But it was, it was crazy. Cause it was, it was, it was this coveted thing. Like it's just a beer. No, it's not. It's crazier than a beer. It's a beer you can't get. So it's, it's, yeah, it was, oh, and it was delicious. The forbidden Absolutely fruit. Delicious. Oh yeah. That's awesome. That's so yeah. great. <laughs> I'm not a beer sipper by any means. I'm a drinker, and man, I sipped that beer. It was delightful. Oh yeah, you probably had to stretch it out over like an hour, you know. Yeah, I kept putting <laughs> it in a bucket of ice water just to keep it cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's so great. Yeah, I actually I went to Bell's Brewery for my 30th birthday last year. Nice. Yeah, it was awesome. It was cool, and then that's we went fantastic. to uh, uh, in Kalamazoo. There's a, uh, a bar called the Kalamazoo Beer Exchange. You ever heard of that? I have. Dude, it was the coolest. You ever been there? I have not. Only heard. Dude, it's a bar, but they run it like a stock exchange. And so <laughs> it's there's a big board above the bar, right? And there's all of the beers. And then there's a price. And there's an arrow up or down next to it. It's green if it's up. It's red if it's down. Sometimes it's neutral. There's a line. So the way the pricing of beers works is the price of the beer is based on how many people are buying the beer. So if if you have Two Hearted there and you also have like PBR and in this 15-minute section, everybody buys the Two Hearted, nobody buys the PBR, then in that 15 minutes when it changes, price of Two Hearted goes up and the price of PBR goes down. And so it's constantly fluctuating. So you're kind of like, man, I really want this beer, but I got to wait and see in the next turn, the next stock turn. And then you like cross your fingers and hope it goes down. And you're like, bye, bye, bye. Give me one of those. It's so oh awesome. It's the, it was the most fun. And then every like hour or so, they have a market crash and every beer drops to its lowest price. And everyone just like, you know, makes a run on the bar, you know, and is like screaming out for beers and shit like it's an old stock exchange video. It's It's hilarious. That is a genius idea. Dude, it's so like, genius. I want to shake the hand of the individual that came up with that idea. That is absolutely incredible. It's amazing. I can't believe that there's not one in like every city because it's so fun. You know, I don't yeah, know if they no just care. own thought, the rights or what. Yeah, I thought like the coolest idea of a bar. I was in San Diego a while back, actually right around Cinco de Mayo. This would have been like I don't know, three years ago. And I went to a bar for the first time where they give you a bracelet. And like you give them a credit card, they they swipe it, they give you a bracelet, and it's attached to your credit card. Okay. And then you get to go and scan your your bracelet, and pour your own beer. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah. Have you ever been to a spot like this? Not with a bracelet, but there's one in Denver. Few. 
get a card or you get like tokens, but it's it's just a bunch. It's like a giant vending machine on the side, and you take your yeah. thing and you go and you fill it up, and then it just tracks how many beers just, you got. Ounces, right? Yeah, it charges yeah. you by ounce. By ounce. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, I had just gotten off of like a really successful winter here in Telluride, so I was feeling pretty flush, which was dumb. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like somebody's going to pour their own beer, and I never left the place. I'm standing right in front of all of the beer dispensers. I'm like, oh, you got to try this one. Scan my bracelet. And then somebody comes up, and it's like by this time, I'm like, I'm not seeing double, but pretty close. And so I'm scanning, I'm scanning, I'm scanning. I'm filling everybody's beer in this place, and finally my bracelet gets cut off. It turns red whenever I scan and so I go up to the bartender and I was like hey what happened they're like you've been drinking too much and I was like well if you look I've just been buying everybody else's beer and before I know it I kind of like you know with uh, my mind stayed there my body stayed there my mind went away for a little while and I came back (laughs) it was like that you know out of of body experience without you know meditating right of course uh, before I know it I'm talking to the GM and he's offering me a job wondering where I live in San Diego <laughs> and so I was like, oh yeah, I totally live in an ocean beach area. It's great, you know, blah blah blah. And I'm just like making up addresses and all that kind of stuff. And the rest of the time, my friends are with me. I'm like, oh yeah, can you believe you have to do job? Blah blah blah. Just being that idiot. That... <laughs> but I'm like, sure, I live down the street, sir. Now, if you uh, yeah. pay my tab, I'll come in for an interview tomorrow. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, here's my name, John Daly. I live at one, two, three, four, not a street, San Diego, <laughs> California. <laughs> That's awesome. But I love that idea of the beer exchange, though. That's a hit because it keeps you there, right? Like, it, you can go to any bar and order a PBR out of a glass and, or a pitcher or whatever the case might be, but man, you got to add a little fire and excitement in there. It's like movie theaters that you can show up to Sunday morning in your pajamas and bring your own cereal. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. And just watch cartoons like, Oh, oh my God. Like Ren and Stimpy or whatever. Yeah. It's, oh, they just that. give you a that. giant that. remote. That's like the size of like a, like a giant check you get from sweepstakes and you just hit <laughs> buttons and eat your cereal. It'd be perfect. Yes. Yeah. It's a BYOC. Bring your own cereal. Sunday, fun day, cartoon. <laughs> we need more BYOC joints around here. I've been saying that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to pick up soon. I'm feeling it. I think there'd be too many uh, uh, double and triple entendres. Dude. You're like, BYOC, what does that mean? And then if nobody explains it, just wait and see what people show up with. It would be cocaine. It would be cocaine every time in this time. 100%. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. And it'd, it'd, be, it'd be nothing but realtors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We don't have Wall Street, so it's the real estate guys who do all the coke here. All right, guys, we're going to take another break. We're going to do another song from Cousin Curtis. This one is the title track off the EP called This Little Change. Here you go. So must I 
part of the year and a part of me is dying and I don't mind this little change is gonna come wait till you see me like a summer setting sun Never felt so free in my life Where I go from here Choice is mine And you can't take that away This little change is gonna come Lock me up and I'll get away Like a summer setting sun For all of my time here I wouldn't say it's been wasted Even though I may have been You should have seen the dreams I was chasing Everybody tell me I'm meant for greatness Yeah, and I want to believe it Most times it's hard to see it This little change is gonna come Even though I may have been, you 
should have seen the dreams I was chasing. And everybody tell me I'm meant for greatness. Yeah, and I wanna believe it. Most times it's hard to see it. This little change is gonna come. What else? Um, trying to pick your brain here on the uh, the Colorado scene here. Have you been touring around many other towns uh, other than Telluride lately? Um, lately, no. And this is uh, like you had mentioned earlier, like what the feeling and what the vibe was as far as being a creator in this day and age. Um, so to get back to that, like it's it's obviously rough, but if you are if you're willing to dive into the online streaming game and really dive into it mm-hmm. it's it's been a lot of fun and i just keep trying to remind myself i'm learning a new skill set that is going to make me better at what i already do so it's like when i so when all this all of this shit happened right mm-hmm. uh, my last show in front of a live audience was march 13th yeah. and then i think my first live stream performance was march like 30th or something close to that because I, I like I had seen other acts do it, and it seemed to be something that people really, really needed. I kept seeing comments of "Thank you so much. This helped me get through the week." And I was like, "That's it. Sign me up. Like, if I can make somebody else happy, then that's going to make me happy, and it's a win-win." Oh yeah, that's great. So I jumped into it for the first. I want to say like two weeks of it, two and a half weeks. I was just doing cell phone set up on a tripod. And that's all that was capturing the audio and the video. I live in a cabin on the side of a mountain, and my internet is garbage. <laughs> so after a while, I was like, you could see the numbers of people who were viewing. Like it went from 450 consistent viewers on my first live stream down to like 150 on the next one, and then like 25 to 30 on the next one. Oh, no. I was like, this can't happen. Like it, like. Um, I am. It doesn't matter how good you are. If people can't see your face or make out like what you're trying to do, it's you've lost them. Right. And so then I was talking to a good buddy of mine, Harrison B, based out of Seattle, and he was like, "Bro, you got to check out this program. It's called OBS." And so then we just went down the rabbit hole, and I'll skip to the end here. But like that was a game changer because then I could do high quality audio with high quality video. I could either pre-record my live sets and publish them as a live premiere. Or what I've been doing lately, which seems to be a hit, is talking to other people in the area and stealing their Wi-Fi because then I can stream in HD. And just like this last uh, this last show that I did, I did it on the rooftop balcony in downtown Telluride with a full PA system nice. so that people could hear me from the sidewalk, from the street, from across town. Because, I mean, like I said, Box Canyon, everything just echoes. Oh, yeah. And – I could stream live 
and that was more entertaining for the people to watch because they knew that other people were there. So it's like that that enthusiastic contagiousness. Um, that's a word, right? Google it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, contagiousness. Contagiality. That enthusiasm was contagious throughout the community and throughout the live stream, and the numbers of viewers went up. And Sick. People are, people are attracted to that. So it's just, if you want to get in on the live stream game and so we're able to play shows in front of people um, or like perform comedy in front of people, I highly suggest it because even if your reach is minimal, like you don't have to have this giant reach of a thousand people watching you at the same time. You're making somebody's day, you're making someone's day better. That's what it boils down to. So it's like, are you getting paid? No. Are you out any money? Not really. It's a free software. You're, what you're doing is, you know, costly on your mind and your body. But at the end of the day, we're creators. We have to create. We have to bring that smile to someone's face. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's uh, it is something. There's been some debate between people I know as far as like how the streaming comedy works because it's it's so dependent on audience reaction. You know what I mean? Like you can't do comedy by yourself. Oh, no. Yeah, they'd be like, you know, trying to get laughs out of a wall. Exactly. And so some people are into it, some people aren't, but I think there's ways to navigate it. So it's it's something I'm trying to experiment with. What would you say the name of that program is? Is it OBS? Yeah, OBS. O-B-S. And the software is free. Um, if you want to get an app that allows you to use your cell phone as a webcam, I think that's like 15 bucks. That's not bad. But still minimal charge you get that together and call me later and we'll go through the whole trial and error and make it work for you okay also there's a way and this might actually be really good for comedians too within that software there's a possibility to swear like if you planned your whole set right and faked (laughs) that there's an audience in front of you you can put in a laugh button like the old school TV shows where they'd say applause, applause, and they'd shine over the audience and everybody would clap, right? Yeah, like everybody loves Raymond, the laugh track. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, where you tell a joke and it's a one-liner and then everybody laughs on command. You can do that and then you're essentially everybody loves Raymond but streaming live. If you planned it out right, you pre-recorded it, you can – I mean there's so much of this you can do for free where you just like snag a laugh track or an applause track, or a boo track, which could be funny, yeah. and then you plan it out, and then leave yourself time after you tell a one, or one-liner, or whatever the case might be, mm-hmm. and uh, and hit that button, and boom, you got your, your pseudo-live audience. I gotta get, like, a, a boo button, and then also, like, maybe, like, a mechanical arm that can throw a tomato, or something like that, or, like, hold up a finger. Try to make it more like my actual sets, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, like, you got people that you call friends. I mean, they could throw a tomato at you. Oh, yeah. I mean, they do all the time, even <laughs> when I don't ask them. So, should be yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you could perfect a live stream Gallagher cover. There you go. Yeah. Let's smash a fruit! <laughs> I got to bring back the Gallagher. That's what this world needs right now. Yeah. And then you cut you cut, you cut, cut to a, an audience of, like, Lego characters, and you're, like, smashing a watermelon in front of them. And then I'm like, oh! Like, oh, my God! <laughs> That'd be perfect. I'll just be like, it'd be like a cardboard cutout on, like, a, I'll get, like, a big whiteboard and just draw a bunch of frowny faces on it. Could be perfect. <laughs> steal, steal some stock video footage from, like, the Grammys, where it's all of these high-profile people. And then smash some fruit and then do a cutscene straight to like Lego characters with, you know, print out face versions of the same <laughs> audience. 
<laughs> or just have a record this screen. Like I'll just pull yeah. the Grammys on the screen. I'll just throw fruit at my computer screen. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Landing right on Tom Hanks' face. Be perfect. <laughs> well, um, let's see. We're coming up on about 30 minutes. Uh, I'm trying to pick your brain. What else? I do? Is there much of a comedy scene in Telluride? Do you have many comedians come through? Yeah, dude, it's coming up. Um, I would say a lot of the festivals that come through try to get other things other than music. So, like, this is, like, Festival Center of Colorado, and some, some would call it America because typically during the summer, every other weekend, it, like, is a different flavor. Whether it's blues and brews, it's bluegrass, it's jazz, it's ride, it's um, mountain film, whatever the case is. And they're trying to expand to include more people, like a, a greater demographic. Mm-hmm. And so Blues and Brews in particular has a full-on comedy section. Ooh. And that's just a festival. And, you know, if you've got a ticket, you get in. And so a buddy of mine, Dave Stalker, he's a comedian in the area. And, like, it was just such a joy to have seen him at the Liberty perform to a sold-out crowd at the Liberty and then see him perform to, like, 350 people. Wow. Yeah, and it was awesome. And so they bring in other comedians that are from out of town, but I think it's really special that Telluride – they favor the local talent and they want to make sure that the local talent gets acknowledged because there's a shit ton of it. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, any, any time in Telluride, you can find something artistic going on and, and with no exclusion to comedy, um, whether it's at Sheridan Opera House, the show bar underneath, the Liberty, which I mentioned, I mean, there's just, they just try to fill it with the arts because that's why people come here. Um, so yeah, there's a scene and it's, it's budding and I can do my best to try to get you in contact with some folks once this all blows over to, to like, I don't know, steamboat comedy abroad, sure. like a tap, a beer tap takeover version of comedy in another town. <laughs> yeah. A little collaboration. There's, there's been a few different places. I got a buddy of mine who, uh, runs a mic in Vail, my buddy, Mark Masters, and we've been trying to collab too. So that'd be the more the merrier. It's, it's one of these things a lot of comedians feel like I need to be competitive with other comedians and other scenes and things like that. And I say that, I mean, the more people laughing, the more outside voices and different things you can get, the better. I mean, why not, you know? Yeah. I'm with you on that one, man. When I first started playing music full time, I was like, F everybody else. I'm going to do this on my own. This is competitive. I'm not going to make friends. I'm going to win. And then I realized real quickly that was a dumb fucking idea. Like, one of the best quotes I heard within the last two years is a rising tide raises all ships. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and, like, you look back in the day, like, oh, my gosh. And so many comedians were just cutthroat about, like, and I I get it, like, with comedy and with songwriting, there is an inherent competition, of course. You can't deny that. And there's a little bit of pride that goes away. Like if you feel like you're doing really, really well and somebody else is just crushing it, you're like, what makes them different than me? But at the end of the day, you just got to look at yourself and be like, I'm funny. I'm doing what I love. I'm talented. I'm playing the music that makes me happy, makes other people happy and go with that. And it's that kind of feeling that's going to bring people around to you versus like the vindictive and the aggressive and, and et cetera, et cetera. So oh, yeah. yeah, collaboration is where it's at, especially now more than ever. Like once we get out of this shit, people are gonna want to be entertained. They've been locked in their house. Oh yeah, everyone's dying. Everyone's dying yeah. to go and do stuff. And yeah, it's it's 
I try to look at other people doing well. It's it should be inspiration, not not anything to threaten you. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, it's like learn from whoever it is and take it and make it your own and be like, hey, give credit where credit's due. I got this idea from so and so, and now I'm making it my own. Like that's all you can do. We all take inspiration from all different sorts of people, and you just go with it and you know <laughs> make the best of it. Hell yeah! I mean. What else can you do? I mean, just enjoy what you got and keep doing your best. I mean, that's, that's, that, I don't know. That's just everything. Not trying to sound like a cheesy fucking infomercial. Now, now I'm just making myself puke with my fucking fortune yeah, cookie advice. Sucks. God you're damn it. it. Yeah, you're being Can we just asshole. bring this down real quick? Yeah. Murder hornets are coming. <laughs> They've been around forever, dude. Have you ever had a hummingbird fly at your face? Not, I mean, not today. But yeah, all well, the time, of course. Yeah, regularly. Every day. It's. Here. I mean, I just love just rubbing nectar on my skin. It, they say it's good for your pores, so I usually wake up and I lather up. And then I go for a jog, <laughs> and there's hummingbirds trying to hump my face all day. <laughs> yeah, it's like this, this you know, high-pitched flying thing with a needle on its face, and it's very curious, and that is off-putting. Yeah. So when people are like, murder hornets, they're brand new. I'm like, no, it's <laughs> this happened. Yeah, yeah that, I'm totally used to this. I'm immune. We yeah, got the stingers coming. I got I got stung back in January, so I'm pretty sure I already have coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, I got stung, so I already have coronavirus. I'm immune. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably uh, go ahead and wrap this up, bud. Um, and yeah, stay on for a minute after we wrap it up. There, I want to chat with you, but uh, where yeah, for the people, where can they see you? Where can they listen to you? You know what? If you uh, if you go to my website, CousinCurtis.com, so Curtis with two S's, that will give you links to all my Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, the whole nine yards. And uh, I try to do live streams weekly on Facebook, and I post um, uh, finely edited videos, collaboration projects, etc., all over the board, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, as well as Patreon. So if you feel like becoming a patron, you can uh, you can hit that up as well. But yeah, just Google Cousin Curtis, but Curtis with two S's, you'll find me. Let's connect. Uh, let me know that you listen to this podcast, and that way I can give my man Kyle a shout out and, uh, and you know go from there. Let's all let's all hang in there together. Hell yeah, brother! And this is a. Uh... For those listening, Curtis is a very talented guy. He's really a one-man band. A lot of people have that claim, and he really does it all. He can loop pedal, can play all kinds of instruments, great voice, great songwriter, big fan of this guy. Do you remember my awesome uh, music video I made for you in college? Hell yeah, I do. What's in the water, man? You had me shirtless with a guitar jumping into the Olympic training pool. (laughs) Yes, right. And then we knew what was in the water. It was Curtis, after all. Uh, we had to. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Oh, my God. Anyways, <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Later. All right, guys, I'm going to play you out. Rather than do the theme song again, you can hear another song from Curtis's new EP. This one is called Yesterday. Thanks for listening and support Cousin Curtis. Thanks, guys. i
Don't get me wrong, I'm feeling just the same. When it comes to my lover and me, ain't a damn thing changed this time. Today. 